Good to be with you guys for the large group again. We're getting into um, question 14 today in our uh, New City Catechism. And I'm going to just talk briefly on um, something that this catechism touches on and then send you guys off into small groups where you can have the, the fun discussions and stuff, okay? So let's look at the question uh, 14. Did God create us unable to keep his law? That's the question. Did God create us unable to keep his law? And the answer is, no, but because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve, we are all born in sin and guilt, unable to keep God's law. Okay? Because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve, we are all born in sin and guilt, unable to keep God's law. Now, this question ties in nicely with the previous question, uh, which was, can anyone keep God's law perfectly? That was question 13. Can anyone keep God's law perfectly? And the answer is no. Remember that, right? The answer is no. Uh, not since the fall. Not since the fall has anyone kept God's law perfectly. No human being was ever able to keep God's law perfectly. Um, but, right, that wasn't always the case, right? Uh, when God created humanity and our first parents... Adam and Eve, uh, they were created good. They were created good, perfectly able and wanting to keep God's law to do His will. But when Adam chose to uh, rebel against God and be his own master and live for himself, uh, sin entered not only his heart, but also into the hearts of all his children. All of humanity, in other words. Okay. Um, and after that, it says in Genesis chapter 8, verse 21, the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. The intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. And that word youth means childhood. It can go as far back as infancy. Okay. It's trying to tell us, since the fall, our hearts, the heart of humanity has become evil. Uh, in other words, contrary to God's will. Resisting His will, right? Disliking what God likes and really liking things that God dislikes. That has become our hearts. And the Bible says, and this is the controversial part, the Bible says all of that came about because of one man's sin, Adam's. And so in Adam's sin, essentially, we all became sinners. When Adam sinned, all sinned. Okay. Well, where's the fairness in that? Right? Because I wasn't the one who ate the forbidden fruit from the forbidden tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was Adam, not me. And we would maybe like our own shot at this, right? God put me in the garden. You know, give me a shot. You know, put me with Eve or Eve 2.0 or something like that. Or if you're if you're if you're a girl, put me with Adam 2.0 and give me a shot at living a perfectly moral life and never disobeying you. Right. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> right? But here's, here's why that will never happen and here's why God doesn't really permit that to happen is because God didn't create us to be these individual autonomous beings who are out there to create our own destiny. That is a, that is a myth, a cultural myth that, that you get to hear from from this modern day idea of individualism, 
where everything you do, everything you are, has to be separated from what your parents have done, their parents have done, their grand grandparents and their great grandparents have done. But the Bible explains to us God created us not in this individualistic manner, in this sort of disconnected way, but God created us to be connected to everyone else. And you see that principle everywhere. If you have a good king, you have a good kingdom. Right? Well, where's the fairness in that? Right? How come one good king creates a whole good kingdom? Where's the fairness in that? Right? That's how God created us. If you happen to have a very good set of parents, chances are the children will also be raised with good virtues, good patterns of behavior, right? and a good worldview. If you have a parent who's, 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 who's an alcoholic and drug dealing, you know, um, chances are you're going to have a dysfunctional childhood as well. Well, where's the fairness in that? Well, that's, again, how God created us, to be communal, to be affected by each other. And the word that uh, theologians like to use is the word headship, this concept of headship. If you have a good head, the whole body is good. If you have a bad head, the whole body is bad. Adam became a bad head, and we became the bad body. That's the story. Um, and what's really evident to me, and I'm sure it is to you, but especially as a father of three young children, right? I have a six-year-old boy, three-year-old daughter, and a three-month-old daughter. And day after day, I find the Bible to be so absolutely correct about its description of the human nature. Because I'm, I'm constantly teaching my kids, I'm constantly teaching them, okay, say thank you, say thank you. Say please, say please, say please. You know, teaching them to not take things for granted, you know, like, like having food in front of them, you know, being driven around everywhere they go, um, giving clothes and shelter, everything they need, literally everything they need right, in life, nothing they have to work for. I'm trying to teach them all that stuff, but you know what I don't need to teach them? I don't ever have to teach them I don't have to teach them ever, ever, how to be selfish. I don't have to teach them how to be demanding, how to be greedy, how to take things for granted, how to fight and argue, how to kick your sibling in the face. I don't have to teach them that. They figure that out all on their own. That's all self-taught, okay? That's self-taught. In other words, it's not nurture, it's nature. It's nature, okay? And their nature is not good, okay? It's not good. It is sinful, it is selfish. It's, it's, it's actually unnatural for them to be thankful. It's difficult for them to be thankful. Because by nature, right, we're all like that. We don't desire gratefulness, kindness, gentleness, right, selflessness. We desire selfishness. We're self-centered. Now, of course, we have that sort of remnant of the good that God created us in. We're created in the image of God. And that good we recognize. The problem is we don't desire that good that we recognize anymore. Because our fundamental nature is fallen and sinful. So, uh, the good news is God, does, God just doesn't leave us to being Adam's offspring for the rest of our lives. The good news is God has sent us a second Adam, and that's Jesus Christ. 
And if you put your trust and your faith in him, your lineage gets transferred over from the first Adam to the second Adam, and you can acquire a new nature, a new heart in Christ. And, and now you embark on this journey where you're trying to embody more and more, represent more and more of this new nature God's given you, right? and shed the old nature that you used to have. And that's the Christian life, is to become more and more like Jesus, less and less like Adam, less and less like the, the flesh that we inherited from him. So, um, here, this is why Jesus came to us, okay? To unite himself to us and give us this new nature, okay? And the good news is by faith, simply by faith, uh, we can enter into the lineage of Christ, become an offspring of, of, spiritual offspring of Christ. And through him, and him alone, you can overcome every sin and even death, even death. So, so the, the catechism asks, did God create us unable to keep his law? Okay. No. No. That's not how God intended it. But because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve, we're all born in sin and guilt, unable to keep God's law. That's our nature. Right. But this points us to the good news, and that is not ourselves. It's not, you know, God's answer to us is not try harder to obey on your own. Do better. No. God's answer is put your trust, put your faith in the second Adam. Okay, what you need is not trying harder under Adam. What you need is a second Adam who can give you a new nature so that God's commandments are no longer things you hate, things you feel unnatural about, but things you actually want to do. You actually want to glorify God. You actually want to enjoy Him if you are in Christ. In Christ, we're made able to keep God's law and enjoy Him again. So that's what you're going to kind of hash out in your small group a little bit today. And um, uh, time-wise, here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to send you off into small groups as soon as I pray. And then you're going to have about 35 minutes of small group time. Get back together right here around 9 p.m. 9 p.m. We're going to have closing sort of Q&A and then closing time in prayer. So... Go, go off into your small group, come back around 9 p.m. And you guys know who your small group leaders are, right? Okay? And um, I think for, for our EM, I think James, you can go ahead and lead the men's group. Um, How and the ladies, and and the rest I think were covered. Okay? Yeah, Jonathan. Sorry, what was that? For youth, so we have no, we have uh, we have we have all those small group leaders present here. Yeah, great. Let me pray. Father God, bless our small group time. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Go. Okay, let's grab a seat and let's do a few minutes of Q and A, and then we'll close with uh, prayer time. And um, by the way, I, I mentioned this to the small group leaders. The small group leaders are, are free to raise the question on behalf of the group, or if you have a question you would like to raise personally, you can do that. Even if it's not a question you had during the group, it's just a question you have on top of your head now, you can feel free to ask that as well, okay? So, um, maybe we can go, go down from here and just 
Um, sorry, we haven't been. Did your group have any um, questions sure, during this yeah. group? Yeah. Jerry, you want to be bold and yeah, speak up and let everyone hear you. I'll, I'll try to repeat your question too. Yeah, what is up with that, right? Yeah, so so that's a great question. So Jerry's asking, you know, how come there are non-Christians sometimes who behave more justly or fairly or just nicely to their neighbors than, than Christians do. Christians supposedly who have new natures, right? Christ-like natures. And then non-Christians who don't behave nicer than, yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, first of all, I, I always go back to you know Genesis 1. God created every human being in his own image. So that's, that's whether you believe in Jesus or not. And so... Some, somehow, like, it doesn't take a Christian to know it's a good thing to be charitable. It's, a, it's, it's probably a good thing not to steal things that aren't yours. It's, it's a good idea to love your children. Like, we don't have a debate about that between Christians and non-Christians, unless you get to some really gray areas. But generally, we don't, right? Generally, we agree... A lot of these things. And that's due to the fact that we're creating God's image. Now, that's what we see on the surface. Right? But the Bible says God sees the heart. And that means he sees the motive with which we do things that are good. And Jerry, when you look at your non-Christian friend and see some of the great things they do, it's really hard for you to say, like, what, what's exactly driving them? What's the motive that God can see that you cannot see? So, the biblical verdict on our human nature, and this is true for non-Christians and Christians, and this is where you should, we, should, we should be careful with the language. We have the same sinful nature that non-Christians have. We're no better than them. Um, when it comes to something like a good deed, you know, take for example, let's say, um, you see an old lady crossing the street with grocery bags, right? And it's like, oh, she's so prisangye. She's so like, oh, she's helpless. She needs help, right? And, and, and you see someone going to help her. And you're like, oh, what a nice person. What a nice thing to do. That's all we see on the surface. But here's what God can see that we cannot see. Possibly, right, this person saying to himself, I'm going to help her so that I can look good in front of Jerry. Because Jerry's watching. Um, is that selfless? Right, that's, that will be selfish, right? That will be self-centered, right? That will be using the kind act as a means to an end. But we don't see that. We don't, we don't know what's going on underneath. Here's another reason, right? Let's say this person's thinking to himself, I'm going to help that old lady because it will help me feel better. Is that a totally selfless act in that case? No, it's not, right? He's still doing it for himself. We don't see all this nuance. Like, we don't see the underlying motives that, that God sees. And, and the thing is, apart from a, a truly new nature born out of Christ, right, that we, we receive from him and his Holy Spirit being born again, 
we don't have that pure desire to do good simply for the desire to glorify God and not for any selfish reasons. That's, that's what the Bible says. And so we can't simply judge a good act by the good surface, you know, because God sees the heart. We don't. That's the short answer to it. But it's a great question. If you have more, we can talk after. Yeah, great question. How about um, girls' small group? Any questions from the girls' small group? Um, Anna or Grace, do you guys have um, questions from your small group you'd like to... Easter Sunday. Easy one, yes. Yeah. Um, Anna, did your group have any? No? How about, um, let's see. Josh, how about your group? Yeah. So, we have friends that are Christian, and we want to invite them to church, but You want to invite a friend to church, but they already go to a church? Is this a Christian church that they go to? <laughs> invite them um, just because um, not that not that Catholics aren't you know not that all Catholics aren't Christians chances are if you go to a Catholic church or cathedral you are hearing something different from the gospel you would hear here at our church which is salvation by grace alone through faith in Christ alone Whereas in the Catholic tradition, what you would hear is salvation is by grace, it's by faith, but not by faith and by grace alone. It's faith, grace, plus you, you're doing a lot of good things. And that's not the gospel. Um, but that doesn't somehow like, make it impossible for someone to be saved in the, in the Catholic tradition. It's just, they just don't hear the full gospel enough. So yes, invite them. Uh, but if they go to another gospel preaching church, and you just want to like, oh, I want my friend to come to my church. I don't know. What's, I mean, just hang out outside Sunday. That's fine. You don't have to. But bring a non-Christian friend, someone who really needs the gospel. That's what I would say. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Any other question? How about from the, uh, the adult groups? No? Okay. All right. Any, any questions on top of your head right now, you guys? You would like to, you'd like to ask? Ask away. Feel free. No questions? All right, great. Uh, let me go ahead and pray and close for us. I'll hang around. So if you have, if you want to ask me a personal, like personally ask me a question, feel free to do so. Let me close us in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for speaking the, the truth to us. Even though sometimes that's um, truth that's uncomfortable to hear, and we know that you speak such truths to us because you love us and you. Uh, are not simply out to satisfy us with uh, truisms that are easy to accept. Sometimes you give us hard truths, uh, but you give us a mature mind to be able to understand, even if we don't understand fully, uh, to trust you with, with things that are too mysterious for us to fully know. God, knowing that you are God and we are not. But we thank you for the good news that we do know. We thank you that our salvation is not found in our ability to do good, to obey, but in your ability to bring us under a new head, 
your ability to send us your son and your son's ability to live a perfect life we couldn't live and his ability to bring us into God's family. God, we thank you for this good news. Help us to live this newness of life that you've given us more and more, one day at a time. Although we may not be perfect overnight, God, we pray that you would give us a gradual growth that is visible, that we will make real choices that choose to display the character and the nature of Christ through our own lives. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right, guys. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you on Sunday.